Welcome to this feature from Scran, Scotland's culture and history website at www.scran.ac.uk. Archaeology is mainly scraping away the layers of history to reveal the shadows of earlier people's lives. But occasionally, one amazing find can shine a spotlight on previously hidden historical depths. One such discovery was the incredible silver hoard unearthed on Traprain Law, a few miles from Edinburgh, on 12th of May, 1919. The cache was made up of more than 150 silver items, from elaborate bowls to spoons, decorated with Roman, pagan and Christian images. Some had been cut up, their bullion value was worth more than the actual object. A very rare Pictish chain was also found, thought to be a symbol of very high rank. Roman history Much of our understanding of Roman Britain comes from the writings of the occupiers. Historical authors like Tacitus or Ptolemy describe the native tribes as barbarian peoples who either welcome or struggle futilely against Roman civilization. Their writings are necessarily biased by their cultural and political concerns. For example, Tacitus wrote the biography of Agricola, his father-in-law, so he had to be polite. Iron Age tribes recorded their history in stories and songs which have been lost or changed over thousands of years. Even physical sources like the Pictish stone carvings are rare, and so open to interpretation that historians argue that the symbols could be religious images or road signs. As a result, very little information about the early Caledonian peoples is known for certain. Even native names are Latinized, like the Votadini, who lived in south-central Scotland and northern England. Archaeology is our only window into their world. Aerial photography reveals some clues. Ridges and bumps in the landscape were ancient walls, fields and houses. Hills like Traprain Law are prominent and defensible, natural centres for the local Votadini people to congregate around. Traprain Law has been an important site for burial since around 1500 BC. It isn't clear whether it was entirely a sacred place or if it was occupied as well, but by 1000 BC, ramparts were built to protect its inhabitants. Archaeologists have also found signs that the law was a major industrial site by 600 BC, turning out large amounts of metalwork. By the time of the Roman invasion in 43 AD, a large late Iron Age settlement was firmly established on Traprain Law. The scale of the site has led to speculation that it was the capital of the Votadini. They continued to live there through the troubled early years of the occupation, when Roman legions were pulled out of Caledonia in 105 AD. Hadrian's Wall was built across the north of England to stabilise the area. It was probably never intended to do more than slow down an army moving south, but would have had a definite effect on trade between conquered Britannia and Caledonia. The Romans now had a border where they could charge taxes on various goods. Around 142 AD, Attacks from tribes in the southwest of Scotland prompted a new Roman push north, and a new border was established by the Antonine Wall between the Forths of Clyde and the Firth. 
It is significant that archaeology records a break in occupation on Traprain Law just before and during the Antonine period. This suggests that the Votadini, as well as the Romans, were targets for attack or harassment by the southwestern tribes. Although this could simply be a result of intertribal feuding, it also raises the possibility that the Votadini were sympathetic to the Roman regime. The possibility of support for, or even collusion with the Romans, seems more likely as the Votadini reoccupied and refortified Traprain Law in the wake of the Roman legion's retreat to Hadrian's Wall in 164 AD. New ramparts, houses and workshops were built and used until 400 AD, when new defences were built and almost immediately abandoned. It was around this time that the Silver Horde was buried. Between 164 and 400 AD, Traprain Law was on the edge of a fluctuating border zone, overshadowed but not policed by the legions to the south. The presence of extremely high-quality items from across the Roman Empire within the major fortified structure in the area indicates that not only was there considerable trade between the Votadini and the Romans, but also that the Votadini weren't seen as a military threat. The lack of late Roman forts in the area implies that Traprain law held the authority and power to collect taxes and keep the peace in southern Scotland. Several historians have speculated that the Votadini were used by the Romans as a buffer state, shielding them from the northern tribes. The nature of the alliance is still a mystery, but the discovery of an early Christian burial may mean that the Votadini accepted Roman ideologies as well as trade goods. The alliance theory is reinforced by the hill's abandonment around the time of the disintegration of Roman Britannia. The building of new ramparts and burial of a large silver horde show that the Votadini felt threatened without the Roman military to the south. Much of the silver in the horde was cut up as scrap, prompting ideas of tithes from subservient local chiefs or even warriors' loot. Either would fit the alliance theory, showing that the Votadini enjoyed their position as the privileged Roman-friendly power in the region. This role would be severely undermined by the Roman withdrawal and resulting unrest. By the end of the 5th century, the new kingdom of Gododin emerged, covering most of the Votadini territory. The legendary Gododin king Loth is associated with Traprain law. The biography of St. Mungo tells that his mother, Loth's daughter, was banished from his capital on Traprain law when she became pregnant with the saint. Celebrated in Welsh epic poems, the Gododin flourished until the Angles invaded in the mid-7th century, when their capital, Dinaidin, otherwise known as Edinburgh, was taken.